Hello, and welcome to episode two of Game Changers of Health. I'm your host, Devin Taylor, VP of Brand Strategy and Gaming Practice Lead here at 21 Grams, a real chemistry company. Today, I am beyond excited to bring you a live podcast recording right from South by Southwest. Held this past March, I was blown away by the amount of incredible programming available in Austin this year. I had the opportunity to interview April Rivas from Riata Pharmaceuticals about the agency-client relationship, how to approach gaming with boldness but without fear, and give a peek under the hood of our work together. A short disclaimer before we get started. For today's episode, it's important to note that discussions held at South by Southwest do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the conference organizers nor of Riata Pharmaceuticals. With that, let's go to Austin. All right. Welcome, everyone. I'm Devin Taylor. I'm the VP of Brand Strategy here at Real Chemistry. I am so, so excited to be here. I've been pinching myself leading up to this, and I'm so glad you all are here to hear a little bit about gaming and healthcare. We're going to talk about some really cool stuff today. Um, I want to introduce my guest, April. But before we do that, I always like to open it up because with gaming sessions, I feel like some people are either super intimidated and they're like, I don't know what this is. Or some people are like, yes, I stream on Twitch and I do all these things. So I want to start out with a little like level setting. So I'm sure all of you remember the game Peekaboo, right? We're from Peekaboo, I see you. So raise your hand if you think you played Peekaboo as a kid. Yes, all right. I think that was about everyone. So all of you are gamers. Like, level set there. If you've played Peekaboo, if you wake up and you play Wordle, you are a gamer. So I just want to kind of knock down any stereotypes that y'all have about gaming and, and any barriers to entry. This is going to be a really accessible conversation. We're going to open up for questions. And uh, I just wanted to kind of lower that before we get started. So I'm going to turn it over to April to introduce herself. So, so happy to be here in beautiful Austin, Texas with you, and welcome. Thank you. Oh my gosh, Devin, thanks so much for having me, and look at this audience. Can we give a shout out to the audience here? Wow, (laughs) incredible, a packed house. So, so honored to be here. My name is April Rivas. I'm the director of multi-channel marketing at Riata Pharmaceuticals, and I'm here just talking about my experience in the industry and, you know, a little bit about gaming and marketing and that whole client agency relationship. So... I've been in this industry for over 17 years. So clearly I was 12 when I started, okay? (laughs) So clearly I was 12. Um, We've seen a lot of changes and never in the beginning of my marketing career did I think I would be sitting on a stage at South By talking about gaming and healthcare. So how far have we come? My gosh, (laughs) what an incredible way uh, to start the session. Yeah. And I think as well, um, for for those of you that are either in the healthcare field or even in the gaming field, those two things, I mean, it's in the title, right? You're not necessarily connecting those dots right away. So um, the way we were thinking about structuring this talk is really rooted in saying no to fear, to being bold, to charting uh, uncharted pathways in the industry. So um, I want to talk a little bit about that because we are a new relationship. This is a new client agency relationship. And from the get-go, we've kind of dove in headfirst with this. And it can be a little scary to think about a field like this. So when we when we framed it with, with the whole saying no to fear, what did that mean for you? 
that to me is the powerful moment, right? In healthcare, it's so critical to say no to fear and be bold. And what a better opportunity to do that in talking about gaming and talking about our marketing experience. We live in a digital world, right? It's no longer the same, you know, print offline type of world. Everything is so connected. We as individuals are connected. We, every single one of us has a phone in our hands right now in this online space, in this digital world. So it makes sense that we in the healthcare world start to really embrace that, right? And start to really understand people are 24 seven connected and we truly need to meet people where they are. So again, saying no to fear, yes, we're in a highly regulated industry, but that doesn't have to be scary. And yeah. we can be bold in the work that we do. Yeah. And we're, we're going to get to the meat of it um, around gaming and healthcare and that intersection. But before we do that, again, I'm assuming we've got some folks in here that are client side, that might be agency side. Um, that age old relationship between client and, and agency, I just want to talk a little bit about how you approach that why doing something like this together is so important and also coming into a new relationship, why stepping out of comfort zones, it, it kind of gives you that chance to reset. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when we think about client agency, it's a true partnership. We can't do our jobs one without the other. So it's really a true meeting of the minds where we come together and understand how we can work together. I mean, I think back in the early days of a marketing career in the industry side, it was always asked for, hey, agencies, help us think of something innovative, right? What does that really mean? And then we'd scrap the idea and go back to our same old brand planning and do the tried and true tactics. But we can't keep working in that same way. And it's really about keeping a finger on the pulse. And I think what's so incredible about the partnership with Real Chemistry is you are truly connected in this digital space. And it's about meeting people where they are and providing tools and resources and things that matter. Yeah. So again, it's, it's a relationship, but it's a true partnership that must go hand in hand. Yeah. All right, so let's get into it. Um, gaming, uh, it's, it's pervasive. It's three billion people across the world. Um, it's average age of a gamer right now is 35 and about 50-50 male-female. So I see like some eyes opening at that because I think, again, there are a lot of stereotypes around gaming. Um, I don't know if anyone's surprised to see me moderating <laughs> a panel like this, right? And I love that. I love being able to knock down some of those stereotypes. I've been a gamer my whole life. Um, I, you know, first started in gaming with my brother, um, just playing, you know, Nintendo and having friendly competition. And the industry has matured as I've matured. And what I found fascinating about the way the industry has, has come along is that it listens to its audience. So healthcare should be no different. But the turning point for me with the connection to healthcare came after the birth of my second son, Harrison. Um, I went into it thinking, oh, I have one kid, this, you know, it's gonna be fine. And I got hit with postpartum anxiety like I had never experienced before. And I was, you know, a COVID mom and I was stuck inside, couldn't let anyone see my kiddo. And I was going through a hard breastfeeding journey where I was literally glued to the couch for, you know, 45 minutes at a time eight times a day. And, but my hands were free, right? I had free <laughs> hands. So what did I do? I picked up my switch and I started playing and all of a sudden 
I was able to remove myself from these very triggering, anxiety-inducing moments. And I found that I was a happier mom. I was a more relaxed mom. I was a better provider for Harrison. And then once I started peeling back those layers a little more, I started discovering that the first FDA-approved treatment for ADHD is a video game two years ago, the first video game ever approved. I started seeing studies where hand surgeries were being performed on patients wearing VR goggles and they needed 75% less anesthesia. So I was like, wait a second, this isn't just entertainment. This isn't just a way for people to pass the time. It's therapeutic. So I took that idea to the, the wonderful leadership at Real Chemistry. I kind of pitched them on, hey, we're in every other space. Why are we not in gaming? And we built a discipline around it. And it hasn't been up and running for not even a year yet. And we have wonderful clients like April that are open to understanding why, especially in patient populations where gaming is not, it's, it's, it's not a hobby, it's their way of life, it's their way of connection because they can't leave their houses or they're so immunosuppressed that it's the only way for them to find community. And then they talk about their conditions. This felt like a natural place for us to enter the conversation. So, so that's my history with gaming. Um, April, what's your history uh, as a gamer? Tell us a little bit about that. I'm so embarrassed. So um, <laughs> let me just say, you're not in your mom's basement as a gamer. So I'm, that I'm stereotype <laughs> is gone, right? It's really incredible to, again, share your story and talk about what it means to you and just have those conversations. And I think that is what is truly eye-opening. Every single hand went up when you asked the question. Everyone here is a gamer. So those preconceived notions, those stereotypes are no longer. Um, my experience in the gaming world goes back to the um, Nintendo Duck Hunt. That yes. was a good one. Did anyone play that one? So many yeah, hands. Yeah, so many hands. So many hands. Um, also, Oregon Trail on floppy disk, y'all. Yes, let's hear it for Oregon Talk Trail. Talk about a healthcare disaster. There are some issues with Oregon Trail. <laughs> I mean, you know, we'll see how it goes. But um, yeah, and then fast forward, you brought up something really important was, you know, you were a new mom during the times of COVID. I think every single one of us experienced the shutdown where the world came to a screeching halt and we couldn't go outside. Your kids couldn't play. You couldn't have those normal interactions. And it was interesting to see how the world just really shifted. And I think we got a little taste of what patients and people with pre-existing conditions, what they go through. Um, so again, it's important to take a step back in our world and say, we're not marketing to people, we are engaging with them. And to your point, gaming is an opportunity. People are candidly talking about what they experience on the day to day and listening to people, listening to patients is so, so critical. Yeah, and it's it's ripe ground for super organic conversations because, again, by the nature of some of the conditions that, that content creators have, and, and if you go on Twitch any time of day and just kind of poke around, you'll find someone that is part of a consortium for people with autoimmune diseases or diabetes or cancer. 
And they're there talking to their communities about their experience and they're saying, hey, did you hear about this clinical trial? Or hey, did you hear about that treatment? Or man, I've been on this drug for like two months. I'm not noticing anything, but the side effects are really terrible. These conversations are happening. So as marketers, it's, it's entering that space in an authentic way. It's also doing a lot of listening and including those in our upfront research and analytics and, and expanding our channels of social listening to the twitches of the world and not just ending it at Facebook and Twitter and, and Instagram and whatnot. Um, so the, as I said, the platform is ripe for us to enter it from a commercial healthcare space. And in fact, my kind of bread and butter comes from the charity gaming space where you see a lot of advocacy organizations getting partnerships on Twitch and doing massive fundraisers for conditions across the board. And it's, it's kind of rare to see industry partnering in there with them. But when done the right way, these patients are very, very thirsty to hear about the latest and greatest in their field on a channel, in a platform that, that is meaningful to them. So I want to ask you, April, because we talk so much about the rare disease space. Mm -hmm. What is it about either what we're thinking about doing or what you see in the future for a, a rare disease patient population that excites you? about gaming. Yeah, I mean, I think let's take a step back and understand that patients are people, right? They are not their disease. So this one-way push of, you know, a marketing message isn't necessarily the most beneficial way to engage with people. So there are preconceived notions around gaming. There's so many. It's such an uncommon and unlikely place for healthcare and digital marketers and pharma and biotech. It reminds me back to the good old days, and I'm sure you remember because you played Oregon Trail, of when social media was like the new and upcoming channel, and it's like, no, what is this Facebook thing? We can't, we can't engage on that. And it's a very similar time where we are today that we're starting to see the shift, right? Every single one of us is on a social media platform. It's become ingrained. And I see gaming as another channel and another venue. So it doesn't have to live in this sort of silo of, I can't do that, it's untouchable, it's, it's this scary thing. So again, being bold, saying no to fear, and starting to keep an open mind to say, tell me more about your experience with postpartum and how it helped you. Tell me more about all of the studies that are out there that talk about how gaming helps not only from a cognitive standpoint, but from a physical standpoint, right? There's so many games out there and apps that encourage us to get out and get moving. And these patients who suffer from rare disease or maybe immuno, you know, repressed, they are not able to sort of engage in that offline world. And that's where the gaming community comes to them. Yeah. So along that line, I think as marketers, um, as people in the industry, it's it's really hard sometimes. I think it's easy for us to say, we're going to be innovative, we're going to be bold, like we're going to do new things. And then when it comes to brass tacks, it's like, well, how do you measure it and how much is it going to cost? Like those are the two things you always get asked. And the good news is there's a million and one ways to measure gaming activations, whether it's traditional media that you're doing or a brand new activation through events or in-game. Um, so we've got kind of that covered. But the budget question, because it's it's a lot of new territory, I think is where it gets a little scary. So you're new in your role, right, with, with Riata. Um, how, how have you approached getting into this space with leadership? What is it that you say to them to say, hey, wait, but we really should listen to what our partners have to say because there's really rich 
territory here for us to explore. Yeah, that's a that's a great question. Before we unpack that, I just have a question for the audience. How many by a show of hands work in the regulated industry and have those tough conversations on a day-to-day basis? Okay, all right. So as you all know, going to a legal, regulatory, and compliance meeting saying, hey guys, we're going to do this cool thing on Twitch, you're going to get laughed out of the room. Am I right? Yeah, I see, I see heads nodding. Um, so again, it's not necessarily about the channel itself. It's about understanding your audience, right? It's marketing 101. It goes back to who are we trying to reach? Where are they engaging? What channels are they in? And how do we develop content that is pertinent and applicable to them? So it's, it's literally reframing that conversation, working with our partners in-house, our legal regulatory compliance folks to say, let's learn and let's go on this journey together. You brought up data, right? I think that's what's really critical is you have provided a ton of information that I didn't even know existed, right? The clinical studies, you look at all of the scientific data and it speaks for itself, right? People are engaging here. So the way I like to approach that with anything I do as a marketer, and I'm sure you can all agree, is data-driven insights. The data will drive what we do and where we invest. So, I mean, I think that was a pretty pretty big eye-opener when we first started talking about gaming. I have to admit, Devin, sorry, Real Chemistry team, my initial reaction was like, I can't afford building a whole new video game, not going to happen, no way. Um, But once we had these conversations, it's not about, you know, we're not trying to be the next Sony. We're not trying to build a new game, right? If you build it, they will come is not necessarily the right approach. It's about organically weaving into the existing platforms and the existing content and really providing value to consumers. Yeah, it's a great point. And I, that's one of the initial conversations that we had. And it's the way I try to open it up with, with my other clients is you hear gaming, you automatically think of, you know, the big studios doing these multi tens of million dollar AAA titles. Um, and that certainly is a place where healthcare can play. And, and it would be very exciting to do something with that if anyone from Activision is listening. But you know, it's uh, also very, very reasonable and impactful to think about smaller activations for meaningful impact in more niche ways. So um, I just saw something this morning where someone built a video game within Microsoft PowerPoint using hand-drawn GIFs as a way to navigate the space. And I just thought, holy cow, like how, how creative, how interesting to think about gaming in that way and, and to, to try to break out of, you know, what you think of top line, but there's also so many ways to integrate with influencers, with patient ambassadors. These folks are already out there pretty much saying the messages you want them to say. It's about engaging them and then making sure that their community knows that they're tied into the latest and greatest in research and you know, vouching for um, you know whether it's support groups or community or resources for patients that can then spread the word. So. Along that line, we always talk about patients and unmet needs. And usually when we talk about unmet needs, we talk about it in the terms of their disease state, right? Is it an unmet need in treatment? Is it an unmet need in management? Is it an unmet need in diagnosis? And especially with rare disease, you know, some of these diagnoses journeys are years long. I mean, decades it can be. So one of the roles that gaming can play is helping to either gamify symptoms. So, I mean, I'm sure all of us either, if you have an Apple Watch, you know, you can track your heart rate and things like that. But there are other 
ways that you can um, think about a patient population. And if you know traditionally that they're on a certain trajectory, you can use that to your advantage to help them kind of track things over time to lead them to a quicker diagnosis. Um, so we think about unmet needs in that way. We're talking a little bit more around unmet needs in connection and and conversation and ultimately awareness of treatment. So how did you think about unmet needs when we started having this conversation? Yeah, I mean, I think it's in this digital world, we are all so connected. There's competition for our time and our attention spans are so limited, right? We all are juggling a million things. And even here at South by, we have to get to the next session and where are we going? And you know, you're managing all these demands on our time. As marketers, we look at the same issues, right? How do we reach people where they are and where where they're natively going mm-hmm. to be? Um, that, that brings up an interesting sort of juxtaposition, if you will. It's no longer to, we said, marketing to, but to engaging with. So being authentic and switching the lens to say, okay, patience first, let's put that hat on. It's so easy to get sidetracked by the demands in the industry of how do we manage everything and budget concerns, looking at your patients and understanding, okay, where are they? Where will they be? And being authentic to yourself. Um, That's an unmet need, right? That's an area where I think we can all learn to, you know, examine and probe and truly understand what people are talking about and what they want to learn. Yeah. I think it bleeds into the area of empowerment for patients too. I think so often we, when we have our, you know, ad boards or dinners with patients, we think about, you know, making them feel that they are not their disease, but that they're themselves and they're, yes, they're dealing with this, but giving them ownership over the situation that they've been put in. And if you talk to a lot of gamers, one of the main reasons that, that people game is to escape and is... It, it, to to occupy a role that they can't do in their physical life. So when you pair that with someone that is going through a terrible diagnosis or a terrible treatment journey, um, and you think about, okay, what can we do to empower them even more? If they're already in this space, let's allow them to, you know, give their avatar a visual cue of the the struggle they're going through so people around them can understand and, and identify or they can find other people that that are like them. And I'm seeing a lot from the the gaming industry that is that is enabling that. And in in the conditions we talk about um, as well, it's it's for physical disabilities and people that are faced with with challenges there, whether it be because they're wheelchair bound or quadriplegic or have mobility issues. It wasn't until a few years ago that the first adaptive controller even came to market from Microsoft. So here we are in what, 2017, 2018, when this thing comes out, finally people who cannot hold a controller like the rest of us can, can can participate in something that is so universal, it allows them to feel like they're on the same playing field as their friends. And that empowerment and that ability to just be like everyone else is such a foundational tenet of what it means to, to game. Um, so, you know, I think what we're doing here is so important when it comes to that whole patient first mindset. It isn't just a talking point. Right. It's it's as real as making sure the the tools that they're using in this are going to be accessible to them and then also the experience that they're having. It's so true. And it's not a one size fits all approach either, right? If you're in the industry and you're a marketer, 
you have to understand your patient needs, right? Maybe they're not in the gaming space. Maybe there's a different avenue in which you approach them, but getting down to the core of it and understanding that it's just another channel, the statistics are there. I think if you keep an open mind, those preconceived notions will will go out the window. And it was eye-opening for me, right? I mean, I think I remember my initial reaction. I'm like, no way. Get, what? What is this? And if you keep an open mind and you really have those conversations and and just look into the data and insights, I think you'll see it. Um, going back to the initial topic of being bold, I think it was Eleanor Roosevelt who said, you gain strength, confidence by every experience in which you look fear in the face. So again, it's a very fearful moment for every marketer who raised their hand. I'm going to go into legal regulatory meetings and propose a video game, right? That's a very fearful moment. Um, but again, if you just stop and break it down and be authentic and just take the time to understand the audience, that's key. It's, you know, it's it's unfortunate that we have to sort of like think of this as innovative because it's it's basics, right? It's yeah. basic marketing principles. Yeah. And the consumer space is in, in the field. I mean, I'm sure many of you, if you're in this session, you probably know about the, the concerts that were happening during the height of the pandemic in places like Fortnite and Roblox. I mean, tens of millions of eyeballs were on those activations. And those were, those were brands that took a really challenging situation and said, how can we use this to our advantage? Healthcare should be no different. And being in the, the healthcare field for as long as I have been, I think I'm empowered to say that it can be a dinosaur and it can be a really, I mean, the rudder on that ship is big and it takes a long time to pivot. But I would hope that if, if y'all walk away with anything from this session, it's that you feel like you have just incremental knowledge of the space to be able to explore it. I'll also say, you know, for, for real chemistry, I mean, we've been around for a long time and it wasn't until recently that we, we started this practice. There are more and more partners that are emerging in this space. Um, I'd be happy to, to talk to any one of you about how to get the conversation started because there are people becoming more and more and more uh, knowledgeable in how to target patients through these platforms. And it's turned into some of the most successful activations that you can get because these, these folks, these patients feel like you really understand them. You're not forcing an ad on them in the middle of their experience. You are making the experience about what they're going through. So it's it's been so, so positive. I've yet to have a client say no, um, which is great, knock on wood. Um, but I, I just want to end with a couple more questions around what you found the most surprising about about this space and, and what maybe you would want people to walk away knowing. Yeah, I think what was really surprising for me to understand was it's achievable, right? Yeah. It's, it's not this big, scary video game, right? I think of the video game and the last of us and this movie franchise and this series and it, it, this video game that is just didn't really understand how as healthcare we can play a role in there and i think your team has done an incredible job to really help us understand it's not this big one size fits all approach you can actually do something in this space um, we won't reveal all the secret sauce but there's <laughs> exciting stuff in the works that i'm looking forward to our continued partnership on but it's doable. It's achievable. It doesn't have to be this scary thing. So for me, the biggest takeaway was, oh, we can actually engage in this space. And that was sounds so simple now that I'm saying it out loud. But at the time, it was such an aha moment. 
Yeah. Well, and it reminds me of when, I forget who said it to me, but you think about the way the channels that we're engaging, whether it's streaming TV, social, um, print, those are all very passive activations. Gaming is one of, if not the most active activations you can do because people are physically engaging with your content. They have to interact with the environment. They have to feel it. Maybe it alters their gameplay experience or they have to make a choice or there's a new side quest in a game that allows them to explore an area um, of the map more or something like that. So you have you captivate their attention by the nature of the the, the program that you're doing it in. And I think for me, it's that just feels so much more organic and authentic. Um, you know, you don't necessarily know you're being served the information that you're being served. And we're not trying to be sneaky. We're just trying to be not disruptive, um, which can end up being way more impactful. Yeah, authentic and relevant, right? We're all consumers. We all you know, appreciate authenticity in every way. So it's no different when it comes to our corporate jobs, right? We just need to continue to understand people, understand patients, and practice authenticity. Yeah. Well, thank you for the chat. Thanks, Devin. Great to be here. Thanks, everyone. So I'd like to welcome Tina Fisher, Executive Director here at 21 Grams to Game Changers of Health. Tina, it's so good to have you on the podcast. Want to let you introduce yourself to everyone and hear a little bit about your background. Sure. Thanks for having me, Devin. It's great to be here. Uh, I've been working in client services for about 20 years. I stopped counting after a little while. <laughs> it's funny, actually. I began my career in sports and entertainment marketing with the NFL and the Philadelphia Eagles. I usually I get a lot of... I did not know that. I'm a proud <laughs> Philadelphia gal. Go Birds. Go Birds. Sometimes I get the Go Birds and sometimes I get rolled eyes. But yes, <laughs> um, Philadelphia Eagles fan always by default. Uh, but, you know, I realized it was time to pay bills. So after <laughs> being with them for about two years, I made the switch to agency side and I, I never looked back. So I spent most of my career with the DDB Omnicom Network. And then a lot of my career was Sachi Wellness and Pub Health prior to joining 21 Grams in uh, Q4 of 2021. I've worked across many large CPG and healthcare clients, including J&J Beauty Brands, P&G, Walmart Health and Wellness, Nestle Health Science, Sanofi, and Galderma, to name a few. So excited to be here and talk about uh, experience. Amazing. A wealth of knowledge, uh, to say the least. And we're going to talk a lot about your experience as a leader in client agency relationship building and leading our clients into uncharted territories. But to kick us off, I want to talk a little bit about gaming. And you are you are self-proclaimed, not a, a person too, too familiar with the gaming space. But what I love about you is that you're open to it. You've been excited about it. So what is it about gaming, gaming and healthcare that you find interesting and intriguing for the work that we do? Sure. I think the gaming space is so fascinating because it comes in so many different shapes and forms and sizes. And even if you don't think yourself as a gamer, you probably are to some extent. Gaming today doesn't mean you're sitting in your basement playing Fortnite for hours. And uh, we're, we're a family of six here. I've got four kids. So I've seen gaming from my three daughters and my sons. And, you know, when I was a child, I played games too. I still play games to this day, maybe not to the extent, but I just, I think it's something for everyone, whether you're playing Fortnite or you're playing uh, something on your phone or you're a Wordle person. I think it's it fascinates me how expansive the the landscape is. Yeah. And, you know, knowing that healthcare can be a large ship to steer in new directions, I would love to hear you talk a little bit about 
how you've led clients in the past into those uncharted territories that were new and emerging channels or new and emerging partnerships to work with. How did you navigate that? How do you build trust with a client to say, trust me, this is the right way to go? Yeah, it's it's a great question. So I use an old example because we can all wrap our heads around how the world has evolved over the last 15 to 20 years. And it's easy to see this example from where we are today, but at the time, not so much. So it was somewhere around 2005, YouTube was developing as the innovative channel for advertisers. Remember, right? I do. Yep. I do. User-generated content was becoming the newly coined buzz term, and teens were early adopters, and the demographic that was really putting themselves out there, no surprise, they still are today. And my client was a teen skincare brand in the CPG space looking to stand apart in a very crowded category. The brand was all about authenticity and connecting in a real way beyond TV and video. And so today, yeah, sure, it feels like a no-brainer, but after that, people ran thousands of contests. But for us, it was geez, how do we take this leap of faith together in this emerging space, knowing that we're taking a risk, but it felt so right. And so we had clients that were fantastic partners and ultimately were putting a lot of trust and faith in our partnership and the advertising agency coupled with the media agency recommendation to say, we've got to test and learn and we can work on this together and we dip our toe in and then we go bigger. And that's precisely what we did. And we had such amazing results. And as we know, YouTube contests ran like wildfire after that, but they were actually one of the first three YouTube contests ever to hit in that emerging category, which to us now is looking back, it's like, yeah, it's a no brainer. But then it was uncharted. You may be saying, great, that's not a healthcare example, right? It is, it's a little bit of skincare, but it is over the counter, sitting on the counter. And I think another great example, again, blast from the past, we'll laugh when we look back and we say Facebook, right? But at the time, Facebook was another emerging channel. All kinds of brands were starting to use it, not in the healthcare space because of all the regulatory concerns and the big question marks around how do you work with comments? How do you turn things off? How do we get our regulatory team comfortable with adverse event reporting? All of these types of things. And so I had a client, a big pharma company in the allergy space, who was working on going RX to OTC. And we were able to work with them to get them to a space of trust to say, it's now's the time, right? We can work with your regulatory team. We can talk about the reporting and the SOPs and all the things you need to do to make sure that we're within compliance and everybody feels comfortable. So we actually launched the first ever branded Facebook page for this particular large pharmaceutical client. And in it was amazing to watch everybody come together to to walk into a space that had everybody nervous from the beginning. Yeah. I mean, what an incredible leap of faith, really. So it, it's a testament to, to your relationship to the client, to the way you all were able to not only gain that trust, but very clearly articulate what you were trying to do and what you were trying to learn. So kudos to you. And and again, I I think healthcare is in an interesting space with gaming because outside of healthcare, gaming is pervasive. You see what's happening in the CPG space with gaming, and it's everything we are now trying to catch up to. And I can assure you, a year from now, we're going to look back and say, how did we ever not include gaming as something that is a key pillow of our of our marketing uh, strategies? So true. Yeah. I think what makes testing and learning 
especially important and perhaps is a little undervalued is that you don't have to do a huge giant activation in gaming to test and learn. You can do small bite-sized approaches with micro influencers through uh, uh, game builds that are on low budgets and smaller scale and still gather those really helpful proof points to see if you want to scale up. And that's something that we're trying to really communicate with clients is when you hear gaming, a lot of things pop up about these big giant franchises and millions and millions of dollars and and these people with millions and millions of followers. And yes, that exists, but there's so much more to it that as with any other huge digital platform, you now uncover and it's second nature to think, okay, we can take a small slice of this pie. So love the test and learn approach. Um, Another thing that I wanted to cover with you in listening to my conversation with April from Riata, she talks about the patient first approach. And I think, again, that's that's a bit of a catchphrase in our industry of healthcare marketing, but there's so much to it that creates authenticity in, in the work that we do, especially here at 21 Grams. So how would you describe the patient first approach as we define it here at, at the agency and maybe how you put it into practice day to day. Sure. So at 21 Grams, I think it's important to think about our mission to make medicine more inspiring than sneakers. But then the question is how? And so our goal is really to connect on a multi-dimensional level to truly understand our patients. From the 21 Grams dinners and reports that we do, which is a bit of an ethnographic approach to the riches of data that we have across our various partners. And we put all of this together in a way that helps us understand the needs of the patient better than anyone else. And from there, it's up to us to connect in such a way that makes advertising less of an interruption and more engaging and authentic, as we say. So we know the healthcare space can feel lonely and isolating at times, especially when you're in some of these more rare categories. So we truly have a need to be there at the middle of the conversation with them. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And and because we have such a focus on rare disease here, I find, again, gaming to be such a rich platform because regardless of where you are in the world, you can connect people who have a condition or a disease that might only have a few hundred other people with the same diagnosis, potentially in the same space to connect, have fun, learn all of those amazing things. In fact, those conversations are already happening. So to your point about being less disruptive and more authentic, meeting them where they are, that's something we really try to achieve here. And another theme that we're seeing in in a lot of the work that we do is being a patient can be very isolating. You can feel like you're the only one going through this experience. That's another area where gaming comes into play in a big way because there's so much about gaming that's community-focused and community-based. You've probably seen that with your kids. So before we end, I just want to, uh, again, thank you for joining us. Thank you for being interested in this space. Thank you for carrying the banner of gaming. Anything else you want to add just as we continue to chart this path that a colleague might hear or a client might hear that you want to leave them with? I would say trust in being innovative and taking those toe dips in the water. And in five years, you'll be looking back and you'll think, of course, it was the right decision. I love it. Tina, thank you so much for joining us and we will talk to you soon. Thank you for having me. 
Thank you for joining us on today's episode of Game Changers of Health. A huge thank you to my guests, April and Tina, for joining me here today. And for more recaps from Real Chemistry's Healthcare Innovation Day, including live recordings from our other panels at South by Southwest, check out the Real Chemistry podcast. Please subscribe and like Game Changers of Health to receive notifications on the latest episodes and check us out on LinkedIn and Twitter at Real Chemistry. Thank you so much for being here with me today. And as always, game on.